Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast Salon, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online with their online store at ForecastSalon.com and check out their latest in innovation at Club Forecast Salon on Instagram. As this podcast goes to air, we've moved into February already, and that means Aquarius energy, urging each of us to think outside of the box, to recognize the collective consciousness, to break free of old patterns, and to remember to love yourself in the process. We are at the exact halfway point between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Yay! The soul is deep within right now. Dreams are coming forward, new visions and messages from your ancestors. We honor these messages, and then we get to choose what we want to bring forward. It is a time to break free of any old patterns that keep you from moving forward in your life. I know sometimes we want to keep all those generational energies moving forward, but times have changed. We aren't in the same struggles our ancestors had, so it is important to recognize, to honor, and then to shift the energy that you need to shift. And February, as I see it, is a time of love, self-love. It's a time to nurture your inner and outer self in preparation for awakening to the spring. The tendency right now is to speed up, jump forward, but really, we all need to slow down to take this time to take care of ourselves. Check in on your diet, your exercise, even your beauty. It's a time to clean up yourself and your space, as we talked about last week. The Chinese New Year begins next week. It's the year of the dragon. So this week is the time to clean anything you can, clear away the old dirt, the clutter, your space, which includes you. The year of the dragon will be an intense year. It calls for us to have a sense of amusement. Dragons are mystical creatures full of fire. The dragon years have been described as focused and driven, yet imagination is very important. And right now in the cosmos, all the planets are direct, which can help you with the forward direction of nurturing yourself. And to help you with this, you are invited to my first virtual self-care retreat as part of my Energy Mastery Sanctuary. It's on Saturday, February 24th from 1 to 5. It's a full moon. The theme is all about radiating confidence, cultivating inner power to open up to the spring. Spring is always one of the most challenging transitions of seasons, and our spiritual work has been so deep. So many times we need a little help, a little urging, a little pushing to wake up. 
During this virtual retreat, we'll have an afternoon of self-care with self-love tools, Reiki meditations, intuitive games, tarot discussions, some tapping, and your favorite crystals are invited. We'll set up a grid to awaken to the spring. Practice, practice, practice. It's so important and coming together with like-minded others can really help you to radiate confidence for yourself, to overcome the obstacles. Sometimes winter can push us down deep and we can feel a little bit bluesy, but late February will be the time to start to awaken your energy and really know what seeds you want to plant for the spring. Take some time for self-care. And all of this is part of my membership. Join now and get all the monthly offerings, live teachings, virtual sessions, meditation, and self-study. Build your spiritual practice one step at a time. Links to join will be in the show notes. In today's episode, I wanted to explore ways that you can love yourself more through self-care. My guest is Deborah D'Angelo, and her latest book is Sacred Massage, The Magic of Soothing Touch. In this episode, we talk about how massage is so much more than just body work. Massage is self-care. We talk about how you can learn to do it for yourself or your partner, how massage can be a regular practice, how it is magical, how it can incorporate all your spiritual tools, setting up a space, and how touch really does heal, especially for creating health and wellness. So before we begin, let's take a moment to pause breathe, set the space, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, breathing up the body. And exhale, breathing all the way down, slowing down. Inhale, expanding the breath up the body. And as you exhale, call all your energy into you. Call in your spirit. Feel your spirit aligning right on top of the physical, the emotional, the mental bodies, centering, grounding. Inhale, expanding the breath up the body. And as you exhale, dropping right into the deepest part of your heart, right into the deepest part, feel that connection, your spirit and the greater spirit. Know that you are loved, guided, Feeling all this energy coming in as we call in the masters, the teachers, the archangels for joy and love. Calling in the crystal beings for amusement, magnification. Calling in your higher self to receive the messages right now. Inhaling and exhaling as we take this time to notice where we are in this great wheel of life. For the winter season, we find ourselves in the direction of the north, where we go into our deep dreams, our visions, the messages of our ancestors. We honor this direction. 
calling in to the north, the east, the south and the west, above you, below you, right into the very center, right here, deep into your heart, setting an intention for love, for self-love, for self-care. Setting that intention and radiating out all around you this vibration. Taking one more deep inhale and exhale. Sending the breath all the way down. Grounding with Mother Earth. Feeling the heart open. Feeling the awareness of the third eye guiding you. And as you're ready, blinking the eyes back open. Coming back. guest today, Deborah D'Angelo, has been a massage practitioner for more than 20 years. She runs her own private practice where she incorporates spiritual techniques into every session. In addition to developing her own method called Blended Deep Swedish Massage, Deborah is trained in hot stone, Ayurvedic, reflexology, Reiki, and other massage styles. She also writes feature stories and book reviews for sage women and witches and pagan magazines. She is a graduate of University of California at Davis with a bachelor's degree in psychology and a graduate of Massage Therapy Institute, where she earned her massage practitioner certification in 2000. She lives in Northern California with her husband, Joe, two neurotic cats, Max and Minnie, and have two grown children. So let us welcome Deborah to the show. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about you. I honestly don't think I've really talked about massage on the show. I've talked about energy work and Reiki and all the other things, but what a great topic. What a great book that you have, Sacred Massage. Yeah. Thank you. I I, I think it's kind of great. I think the work (laughs) is kind of great. So I want to share that with people. <laughs> yeah, I I love that you have incorporated so many things because sometimes I think, you know, sometimes we can just go for a massage and it just becomes body work. But I love how many things you've included in your book. Before we get into it all, let's just ask the question, what led you to writing this book? I know you've written others, but why this book right now? Um, I think because as I started my journey with Llewellyn Publishing, I wrote about the things I knew. So first it was horses, then it was beginning paganism. And the other thing that I know well is massage. I've done it for, uh, let's see, going on 24 years now. I've had a private practice. Um, It used to be in addition to my job as a newspaper editor, but I stopped that to write books and focus more on my massage practice. But because I want to write about what I know, what's in my heart, I started thinking about how how could that massage be presented to anyone so that anyone could learn to do this for a loved one or friend or um, spouse, a child, a parent, for anybody. Because the idea sort of came to me during the pandemic when we were all locked up 
And it was difficult, if not impossible, to see a massage therapist. I know I wasn't seeing anyone and I couldn't see my own massage therapist. And I um, I walk the talk. I see my massage therapist every week and it's vital to my physical and mental health. But I started thinking, you know, people really could learn to do this themselves, a basic full body massage. And there's so many circumstances where people might need that. Um, you might have a parent that's in skilled nursing. You might have a spouse that um, can't quite get to a massage therapist, but needs massage. You may have a child with autism spectrum disorder that getting to the office for a massage might be problematic, but but seeing them right at home doing it yourself wouldn't be. So there's just myriad reasons why you might want to provide massage to someone else. And that's really the heart of this book, how to do it yourself for someone else from a place of love and compassion and healing. And the other piece of that is I'm aware that for many people, affording massage is difficult. So, you know, that's a reality for some people. That's like just out of the question financially and, and really I believe that you get the best benefit from massage if you're weekly, like part of your health routine, part of your maintenance routine. And the other reason I wrote this book is because I am a pagan myself. Um, I was always doing my sessions from the perspective of healing magic. That's that's really the thing I am most drawn to is healing and so the other flip side of this page is for other pagans or magical practitioners who are really focusing on healing and compassion, this takes their magical practice, the next step, where they can incorporate touch into their healing work. So it, it's it's really for two kind of distinctly different groups of people that may cross over, but for two people to take what they have and go next level. I love that. I love all those reasons. And I think it's really important that we do find ways to really incorporate all the many modalities. I know that is where my practice has opened up to. Instead of just Reiki here and maybe do tarot here and the Akashi, it's like open up all of that energy. In fact, my next class is using all the tools reading in the Akashic Records. So I think it's really important. And I love that you're incorporating the same kind of concept. Yeah. And I agree. I know I suffered, actually I'm better, but I suffered this whole past year with plantar fasciitis. So trying different methods. And I have personally been rubbing my own foot and working with the muscles and working with the toes and working with the heels and the calves. And it is starting to really make a big difference. Yeah, it will. Um, plantar fasciitis, is that's one of those things that you really kind of have to get at it before you even get out of bed, stretch your foot first before it ever hits the floor. And it's just a really good example of how some things you can maintain yourself doing massage on yourself. I know for me, um, in addition to feet, my hands and forearms take a beating, not just because I'm doing massage, but because I'm also a writer, a lot of time at the keyboard. And I've been at a keyboard for more than 30 years. So um, my own arms get sore and sometimes I can't wait. And if, if you know little things you can do for yourself, there's a lot of techniques in the book that you can do for yourself. Yes, I was pouring over the diagrams, looking for those feet. I was, <laughs> for sure. I have learned so much about my own. I've had it before and it went away, but this was very persistent. 
It really was. So energetically looking at it, dealing with it, looking, and I even really learned so much about the fascia as well. And so I think it's important that we can have this information and that we can work on ourselves because like you said, sometimes the budget just isn't there mm-hmm. and our insurance doesn't cover so many costs. So why not have the knowledge? For I agree. Sure. You know, the, the insurance angle is, is one of my little pet peeves. Um, if you have regular massage, it's going to alleviate so many problems that are much more costly down the road. And um, it's just frustrating. The, the medical community is ca- starting to catch on. It's it's starting to accept that you can find scientific evidence and proof that there's a medical benefit, a physiological benefit to regular body work. But, you know, it's... Uh, it takes them a while. <laughs> it makes me laugh. It's like, it's like, you know, common sense, right? It's the same with Reiki. It's the same thing. Now we are seeing more massage and acupuncture being accepted, but Reiki is still a long way from being accepted in insurance for sure. Yeah. My daughter lives in Canada and she has a regular massage, acupuncture, naturopath. It's regular. It's part of their healthcare. So hello, come on. We need to catch up. But I do like that your book has really opened us up to the idea of really just bringing in so many ways to incorporate into a massage, into, I think, let's just take it back to what you already said, into touch and how important touch becomes for each and every one of us. I remember in massage school, our teacher told the class, well, she told us many things that I've kept with me after all these years, but she said, your own partner or spouse knowing absolutely nothing about massage but touching you with loving intention can be more healing than a practice massage therapist who's just doing body work and there's something about the intention and the connection the feeling of trust Um, your partner's touch may instantly calm you and I, I spent a lot of time talking about there is scientific studies showing that uh, people's heart rate and blood pressure will change just by holding the hand of a spouse. And a uh, further study showed that even holding the hand of a stranger will have an effect as opposed to going through like a painful medical procedure without touch. So touch really does heal. Yeah. And I think our nurses discovered that very early on in the healing touch, just that hand heart connection is really very powerful. So I definitely agree with that. Now, you also went even further and you talked about, you know, preparing the space and preparing the room and things that you can use. Tell us a few of those suggestions. What I did was take a very basic template for magical ritual that any person in the pagan or magical community is going to be very familiar with. But I take all these steps and apply them to both the space because you would prepare your ritual space and also the whole procedure of the massage itself. So for example, we want to clear the space of negative energy. Then we want to claim that space as a protected space. And then we invite in energies that are helpful for massage. I do like to invite in the uh, the four directions, the four quarters, and the, each of them has a healing property that applies to massage. Um, I like to call in my own healing deities. Mine in particular is Kuan Yin, who I just have a long relationship with. I, I feel connected to her in the heart. And she's she's got about three altars right here in the massage room. But I um, specifically invite her into every massage. 
and I finish with her with every massage. And it's really interesting. Um, I had a new person not so long ago that not particularly a part of the magical world, but after she finished her session, she said, I felt a presence standing next to me, a, a lady, a loving lady. And I said, I just kind of laughed. That's that's Kuan Yin. Um, she is, for me, the ultimate, um, not a personification, because she's not a person. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent word is, but I know there is one. Um, but she is about loving compassion, putting the other first, putting the other before your one's own needs. She's all about that energy. And she also helps me because when you're doing massage, if I'm having a bad day or I'm sad or I'm angry or, or you know, the, the car just blew up an hour ago, I can't go into a session and not be 100%. I have to be able to put that somewhere. And so I have her image here and there pretty much in every direction but that helps ground me if if I start getting rattled and getting up in my head because I need to be down in my heart and connecting to this person. So she's there for both the person I'm working on and myself. Yeah, I love that. I do. And so much of it is very familiar. I, you know, as a Reiki practitioner, these are the things that we are taught because we are dealing with the element of spirit. And sometimes, you know, when you go to massage, they, they don't even bring this in. I can always tell a difference. I really can. So I love that you're already embracing all of this to bring it in and whether or not, you know, whether or not you're a pagan or not, but having the tools and the understanding, we do need to prepare. We do need to clear our own energy. We do need to have that safe, sacred space to do our treatments in because it will go to that next level and take your client or even yourself, your spouse, whoever you're working on, take them deeper into really feeling that energy. And it is very, very apparent. I definitely agree. Oh, with yeah. That. And I, um, even though I'm pagan, I was very sensitive to those who are not. So you'll find in the section on deity, Jesus is there. Mary is there. There's an angle for atheists to be there. Maybe you just want, maybe your quote deity is just love itself and healing. So even though I use that template, it works for any spirituality or any non-spirituality um, whenever I mention it in the steps during the massage, I mention, you know, in, insert your favorite deity here or non-deity or whatever that is. But I wanted to be spiritually inclusive to everyone, regardless of, of what angle they, they approach um, deity or not if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, 100%. And I do the same thing. I always do an opening ritual with my clients too. And it's like source, creator, God, universe. However, you choose to look at that because I believe like you're saying, like it is all the same. It's a higher power. And however you want to believe, or maybe not believe, I don't know, but however you perceive it is really what's most important, right? And so when we open up the energy, and that's the beautiful thing, I think about spirituality, right? It doesn't limit. It doesn't judge. It doesn't have all those boundaries. It opens up the energy to be very inclusive of everybody and everyone. And I really love that concept and that idea. And I think we do. <laughs> As humanity awakens, we do need more and more of that. I think it's important. Yeah, I think yeah. I personally believe that spirit or source is one thing that expresses itself in a multitude of ways with a multitude of labels. But, you know, I mentioned you, you might be working on 
on an elderly person who's a devout Christian that doesn't want to hear about spirits and, and deities and whatnot. And I say, use angels, use, speak through angels, yeah. speak through, speak through whoever, because in my practice and in what I teach in the book, I emphasize that that time spent with that person is that person's time. It's not my time. If that person says, I just want you to stroke my back for a whole hour. Okay. It's your hour. I will do what you say to do. You know, sometimes you can say, well, you know, this little move might help that a lot, but if you don't like it, say you don't like it and I'll stop. Some do, some don't, but it's particularly important with, for example, um, people with fibromyalgia. I've had so many people with fibromyalgia tell me that they didn't go back for massage therapy because they weren't listened to. And their mm -hmm. experience of pain isn't the same as everyone else's. Their nerve endings interpret pressure as pain. So when I begin with a fibromyalgia person, I pretend I'm working on a bubble and I can't pop it. And we gradually, gradually over, over weeks and months um, adapt to where I've seen uh, people get used to pressure. And actually over time, they're taking a regular amount of pressure and they aren't experiencing it as pain anymore. But if I were to go right in and say, well, in my professional massage therapist opinion, I think you need deep muscle work on this knot, it's, it's gonna be excruciating and they'll never come back. And I just think in massage, you do need your judgment, you do need your heart, but you don't need your ego when you're working with. I think that's in any practice, Deborah. I really do. Cause you know, I do, I think it's the same thing. And you know, sometimes I've had to pull back my, my way of working with people too, because I do a lot of other things besides just Reiki, but sometimes people say, well, I don't, I don't want Reiki. I'm like, okay. At first I was kind of taken aback because to me, it's a universal smart intelligence, but you know what? You're right. Like everybody is choosing to be where they need to be. And as a healer here in this particular case, you know, or wherever you were working, it's like, yeah, we meet the person where they are. And I think that's a better way to be. Oh, I totally agree. I think I said a couple of times in the book where I'm going is the things you don't learn in massage school. So that's yet another pool of people that could be interested in this. If they've just been doing body work and they say something's missing, I, I want the connection. I want something more they don't get into magic or spirituality in massage school other than maybe some very basic, basic things, grounding and centering maybe, but uh, they, they steer clear of that. And so for someone who already has professional massage experience, this is everything you didn't learn in massage school. Yeah. And I think it's really important. I really do. It reminds me of like how, you know, the Hawaiians teach the Lomi Lomi massage because already they brought in that whole spiritual nature that they have. And I love that about it, right? I remember the first time I ever had a, I was in Hawaii with my daughter. It's like had a massage. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. It felt like, you know, I was doing energy work or I was having energy work as they were massaging. And now it's like, I can tell a difference. So I do want to have that complete experience going on. And I do want somebody that's going to listen to me and understand that can help. Oh. Yeah. You know, and I know working with my foot, I had many different treatments between dry kneeling and acupuncture and regular massage was getting there. And even a myofascia, right? It's like finally getting to where I needed to be. But in each of those cases, I needed to be heard and I needed to understand because there was an energetic component. There was a sense of me pushing too hard and fear of the unknown and me 
having to pause and me having to slow down. And so there needs to be that open communication. I think that's really important. It's, it's very important because the communication allows a good massage therapist or anyone practicing on a, on a friend or relative. If you don't hear what the person wants, how are you going to meet their needs? You know, it, it, it was it to break it down to a simple level. If they wanted their neck worked on and you spent the whole time working on their feet, that's, that's not what they wanted at all. And so Hearing what the person wants is sort of the first building block of trust. And that's the difference between going to a fluff and buff spa at the health resort or one of those chain massage places where they just kind of run them through like, you know, a conveyor belt versus seeing a massage therapist that you have a relationship with. Because like you're saying, it's so much more than the massage itself. If I need a specific, um, clinical thing. Like maybe I have a certain muscle that needs working on. Yeah. That's going to be more like body work. I have a specific problem. I need work. It's not about the relaxation and the whole total experience, but for the whole total experience, if you're, if you're wanting that drifting away into some other golden slumber space, the first thing that has to happen is trust. And so I tell people what, what I really want is for that person to feel as safe as if they were an infant again in their mother's or caretaker's arms and that they can just go limp. And if if you you have you said you have kids, that feeling of when the babies go limp and suddenly weigh double their weight, that's the feeling I want people to have, that I'm so safe right now. Because, you know, our world can be very unsafe. And for a lot of people, it's not just the massage. It's also that emotional um break that they need i i can feel safe for an hour and i'm under this person's hands and nothing will hurt me nothing's going to get to me i can just let it all go and be that relaxed infant again and that's that's really where i like to get people yeah i so agree and sometimes that's really all we really need is to feel safe feel heard have that response come in for us to be able to relax. And I've had massages where I never could relax. I So I know exactly what you're talking about versus being able to have the consciousness and really, you know, the reason even, and I kind of learned this in studying the fascia too, it's like the fascia has consciousness and it's like telling the body, okay, let's just relax. But first you have to feel safe. Right. You have to be in that environment that will allow you to do that. And that was one of the biggest healings I ever had in, a, in this therapist session to really allow that release, mm -hmm. letting go. Yeah, and I think it's really important. So I love your book and I love all the things that you include, all the activities and meditations, developing your space, inviting the deities in, grounding, centering, honoring, feeling the energy in your hands. I think we all have that ability, whether we're trained in Reiki or not. Although I do train a lot of massage therapists with Reiki because it is important to have that level of energy work and understanding in the subtle body. So I do think that's really important too. You give a lot of great uh, illustrations, which I already said, I'm looking, looking, let me see my foot. Let me see my foot, right? Because I think it's important. I actually had like a combination of my toes and my foot. So it was two things going on, right? And I think sometimes we don't really realize how important our feet are. Oh my gosh, I have like this little skinny foot I have a narrow heel, but I need that wide toe span in our shoes, right? So anyway, there is lots that we can learn when we really start to break it down and really understand not only the body, the muscles, but also the energy behind it and what is going on in our life. Like I'm saying with me, like, slow down, Tara, 
slow down. When life is ready, you'll know that next transition. You can't push too hard because that's what was happening. Just pushing, pushing, trying to figure it out. And you know what? When it's ready, it'll appear, right? Let life dance through me. That's my mantra right now for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, and also uh, I think most of us adapt to a certain level of discomfort and pain where it gets put into the background noise, sort of like your computer that has programs running in the background and people will say they have a pain here and there and we'll start talking and you know they'll they'll talk about some issue they're having and you see the shoulders come up and up and up and they tell me well I have neck pain here I said how about we bring your shoulder blades back and you put them in your back pocket and lift your sternum and they're like oh, I already feel different you know so subconsciously if you aren't feeling safe or you are feeling stressed the body will do certain things to protect itself it's in our it's in our DNA to slump over and protect the chest is one of the big ones. Um, to tense up, you know, ready for battle. The, the the body will still do it at once. And, and uh, the older I get, the more I discover this is true. My body's like, yeah, I don't really care what you <laughs> wanted to do, but I'm going to break this now and you're going to sit down until it heals. And this is how it's going to play out. So Yeah. No, I know that. I remember living in New York by myself, the winters, I'd be like this around my fireplace. And I remember when I started tra- doing yoga training, it was like, oh my gosh, I need to open all of this up because I didn't realize like how much I had shut down. And even now with my foot, like you were saying, like, oh my gosh, what a drain, how much pain I was carrying around, especially as it's getting better. Deborah, I had to like get rid of all my old shoes. I've got new shoes. I'm standing different, but I think energetically, I am standing different too. So I did learn a lot. And so even though I was really angry and mad a lot of the time, it has taught me so much about myself, but I am working with it still constantly on a daily basis, every day, rubbing my feet, like you say, putting, putting oils on them. That's another thing you go into, you know, really taking the time to really do it. And yeah, for me, it is first thing in the morning. And really like, I, I couldn't even walk around barefooted for a while. I'm just now getting back to being able to be barefooted. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of sympathy because I have arthritis in my feet. Like how dumb is that? Like who who gets foot arthritis? But, you know, we a do. Lifetime of running around in the wrong shoes. Yes. Shoes are everything. So the cute little spiky heels I abandoned long ago. Um my little trick is hokas. Oh my. Yeah. Hoka shoes yeah. With orthotics in them. Yeah. They're just delightful. Yeah. yeah, I have tried everything. I really have from comfort shoes to, to those to the to the what are those Ofas, the uh, recovery shoes? Ufas. Those yes. Ofas yeah. have been amazing. I wear those when I come home and yeah, all my shoes are different. I really have not been a, a heel person. Actually, I will say sometimes a, a platform heel is better for me just to lift it up, but I've not been that. I've always been a flat shoe person, but Anyway, I think it's really important when we can have the tools to work with ourselves to heal what's going on. And I think with all the skills you're bringing into the book, it's not just massage. It is touch. It's looking at what is the spiritual aspects? What is going on in your life? How can you work with yourself? Or if you're a therapist already, how can you use this to work with others and really get to the root of what's going on? I think it's so important that you've taken it to a whole nother level. I am very grateful for that. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, for sure. What are your hopes for the book? My hope for that book is that everyone would buy it and learn what what massage does for everyone in your life that you want to work on. But the big hope is that you would buy the book 
and share with somebody else so you also can receive because the best massage therapists also receive massage. And so like two friends, two partners, read the book together, practice on each other. I talk a lot about needing a body buddy. There's just, Mm. there's no way to learn this without the kinesthetic learning and the feeling of touch and the feeling of skin and tissue. It's all crucial to learn it. It's it's like um, you can't learn to ski by reading. You have to do it. And um, you you need that muscle memory. But I it, I just imagine sometimes if everybody had a massage once a week or in a perfect world once a day, can you imagine what the world would be like if everyone just exhaled and got rid of their their fear and their tension for just an hour? I I just you know that's that would be the ultimate thing is that massage would be a part of life like exercise and good sleep and good food and clean water. And the real beauty of it is um, if you learn to do this, you can do this for almost nothing. You can get olive oil or sesame oil right off the grocery store shelf and you can make a comfy space with blankets and pillows. You don't have to have all this stuff to do massage. I do mention in the book, it will be vastly easier if you can get a massage table, just vastly easier. And you can find them very cheap and often for free. It'll be easier. One thing that's really in my heart in the book also is more consideration for the elderly and those that are in institutionalized settings, because it's rather heartbreaking. You get to that point in your life with a lot of loss, a lot of finiteness ahead of you, and so much loneliness. And and the elderly in institutionalized settings are often just touch deprived. They're touch starved. And at the point in our lives when we need healing touch and connection most, we're the most alone. And in those situations, even, even just going in and placing hands on, and you may be leaning more towards Reiki and energy, but just having touch at all for the elderly is so important. They, they can frequently become to be in a space where the only touch they receive is utilitarian. Their hair is being brushed, their body's being washed, their sheets are being changed, and then they're put back in the wheelchair. And I have such a sensitivity to it because I cared for my father who was disabled for 27 years. And the years in the institution were just kind of heartbreaking, you know, and, and the thing they need most is touch. So I agree. that's my for the elderly. Yeah, no, I agree. I came back to Birmingham to help my parents and we would rub my mom's feet every night. We really would. That She loved Reiki. She actually loved Reiki more than massage, but she really just the idea of touch again. So I was constantly working with her and I would have her caregiver rub her feet. I was showing her feet how to put the oils on, how to rub the feet. So I definitely agree. I think overall as a society, and I'm big on teaching, you know, hands-on. I know Reiki can be done on or off the body, but I'm really big on teaching it hands-on because I agree. I think we all need more touch in our lives for sure and you know the studies you know little babies that are touched and those that aren't it's the same thing as we age so yeah i'm right there with you for sure and it is a practice right and i do want to just clarify that if you have a practice and you want to work on other people and get paid you do need certification this is more talking about yes for personal for your your partners your family your children this is more personal and i remember when my son was born actually this reminds me of my son because he was a little colicky I would massage with him, put his little feet up, rub his little tummy, right? And I didn't really know then. I hadn't even started Reiki training, but it was so helpful for him. So yeah, I agree with that for sure. Babies respond to touch and they're so sensitive. You 
know, and you can't put really put a baby on a massage table. So I recommend sitting on the floor of your feet, yeah. sort of touching in a diamond shape and a blanket there. And you've got an automatic safe spot for the baby. There's no way to, to roll off or yeah. be injured and you can see them. But um, yeah, babies are interesting because in the womb, especially towards the end of the, the ninth month, they're tightly held. They're used to being, you know, this is why they love swaddling. They're used to that tight, tight compression and suddenly whoosh, they're out in the cold air and there's no compression at all. And so they, they respond to the swaddling because that feels like being in the womb. But, but as we get older, I don't know. I, I think we kind of subconsciously missed that. There's so many people that like weighted blankets or heavy pillows. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we like that weight and that, that little, just the right amount of squish. Yeah, that you know, compression. we all love warm water. So, and there's another, there's another one for people to explore. Watsu is massage done in warm water. Right. It's just fantastic. But, but to your other point, right. This book absolutely does not certify you to do anything other than work on a friend or loved one. Right. It doesn't certify you or allow you to exchange money. Nothing like that. Uh, that's a whole process that you have to find out in your own local area. What, What's the licensing requirement? What is your city's business licensing requirement? You have to, you know, report all the income to the IRS. You have to be a business and you have right. to be licensed first. And every state is different and every county is different. Right. But what this might do is somebody may discover, you know what? When I touch other people, they feel better. They relax. Or I really like this. Why am I doing accounting? I want to do this. So the book may open up a career, a very good career that can never be outsourced. And you have control over it. If you work for yourself, if you work yeah. in an office or a business, you won't have much control at all working for yourself. And if you can work out of your house, you don't have to pay all that overhead. So there's lots of little trails of possibility. There are. Except when COVID hits, <laughs> right? Except for yeah. COVID. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I remember when I first moved back to Birmingham, I was surprised there were so many massage therapist here. And now Reiki is catching on more and more. I've taught a lot of people. And I think I mentioned I've taught, you know, a massage therapist to help them learn about the subtle body. So I think it is something we can learn to embrace. Now you also have some other books. And so just kind of segueing in touching for animals, how important that is. And you've written about horses. Just go ahead and tell us a little bit about that before we wind down. Oh, the book about horses is about the whole spiritual relationship between humans and horses through time. We, our relationship goes farther back than dogs and cats. We began as prey animals together. This is way, way back, way, way back when we were tree shoes and they were little weird earless fawns. But um, there's something different about horses that's truly magical. Um, I may be a little biased, but it also talks about how to use horse energy, horse imagery magically how to be inspired by by the elemental horses, earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. Each has a, a corresponding horse. That you don't have to have a physical horse to benefit from everything horses do. Because what horses do is they transform. They do things. They take you from here to there. They move mountains. They plow fields. They all have purposes. And so it's sort of specific. If you have a goal or you want to get something done, 
that's really the core of this book. Um, uh, employing that imagery and that energy. And it includes using the tarot, um, using magical practice. And then the last half of the book is if you actually have a horse, how to work with that horse magically. They also have chakras. They also respond to touch. And if if you think, oh, I can't have a horse. I've never had a horse. There's also a section on how to get started. You don't have to own one. There's lots of ways to be around horses. And I know for myself, they're transformative. Their energy is absolutely transformative. I wouldn't be an author without my horse. He inspired me to write that book. And I would still be slugging it out in the journalism world if Mm. not for him. Yeah. My dad loved horses and we had horses and I was very afraid of them growing up. And I didn't realize the more afraid I was, the more afraid they became. Like I didn't really realize that until later in life. But now it's very apparent. Yeah. They're, they are so big, but they're prey animals and they know you're nervous. Then that says, well, there must be something nervous to be about. They can actually hear your heartbeat from 10 feet away Mm. and they hear the heartbeat. If it's rapid, then well, they know something's wrong. Do I need to run? This person seems out of control and frightened. I should be out of control and frightened. So they're interesting. And the second book, Pagan Curious, um, that's also my own journey on my own pagan path. I like to call myself a little garden garden variety, eclectic, solitary pagan. I've kind of cobbled it together myself. But that book is also for beginners and it's for people who you're attracted to a certain crystal or you want to know what that symbol is, or you feel like the full moon's calling you and I I want to do something, but I don't know what it's for those people that wander into those magical metaphysical shops and look around and say, what is this stuff? What do I do with it? So that's, it's my uh, welcome mat to the pagan world, which is very varied with so many traditions and paths and, and ways to do things. And I, I call it pagan preschool. You can learn it. your season one, two, threes and not have to commit to any tradition or practice or anything fancy. And and I recognized the gap in the books that they all seem to start at, you know, uh, upperclassmen level. It's like, well, wait a minute. Some people are all the way back in kindergarten. They just They just want to know what this crystal is and what do I do with it? So um, in all the books, I like to welcome people that might have felt that I can't do that or I'm afraid of that or um, I, I, I just fear that I'll fail. And I'm the one that says, no, come on, you take my hand and we'll learn about horses and we'll learn about magic and we'll learn about nature and we'll also learn how to do massage. There you go. I can definitely resonate. I know I help people start that foundation as well. So I definitely can resonate with that. Where would you like us to find your work? Where would you like me to direct people to go? You can find uh, most things on my website, DebraDiangelo.com. You can find my books at Amazon and Llewellyn.com and hopefully a metaphysical store near you. And if you don't see it, please do ask for it. Yes, definitely. Yes, <laughs> that really helps. And definitely a shout out to Llewellyn. I love them for sure. Oh, they're wonderful. They've been so wonderful. So um, and also I'm on threads, Twitter slash X, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram and LinkedIn. Okay. Um, on Facebook, I have two public pages that anybody can follow. One is just my name, Deborah D'Angelo. The other is Garden Variety Pagan. And I welcome in everybody, whether Thank it's you. horses, 
paganism or massage, come on in. <laughs> there you go. I love that. Yes. Well, I will put all the links in the show notes for sure. So as we go to close, I do like to come back and we've kind of talked about it, but just to leave our listeners with an uplifting thought, how do you feel the work that you're doing and bringing this work forward through sacred massage can help to empower the spirit right now? Oh, I think for one thing, for people to recognize that you have the tools and the energy and the magic right in your own hands. The fact that you haven't learned to do it yet doesn't mean that you can't and that your hands have so much to offer. Your heart has so much to offer. Uh, you can do this. You can make a difference in your own life and in the lives of others and um, believe in the magic that's in your hands. Yes. Believe in the magic that is in your hands. Yes. 100%. Well, thank you so much. What a delightful conversation. Best of luck with your book. Thank you for joining us today to your spirit. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Namaste. Namaste. Yes, you have the tools you need right in your hands and you can make a difference. Believe in that magic that is right there for you. Her book, Sacred Massage, guides you through preparing your ritual space, creating an altar, grounding, centering, setting intentions, inviting the elements, and more. Discover the magic that is right there for you. Note this book is for personal information and not for creating a professional massage practice that you will need massage certification. Open up. Reach out. Touch is so important. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Tarianne Hyman. To your spirit, namaste. Come join us in my first ever virtual self-care retreat as part of my Energy Mastery Sanctuary, Saturday, February 24th. Radiate confidence, cultivate inner power to open up to the spring. Spring is always one of the most challenging transitions, so come join us and prepare your energy to plant those new seeds. Links will be in the show notes.